Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with better help. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of The Potential Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, and joined by my lovable pal and co-host, Chris Dewar. Uh Well, Chris, you know what? It's it's crazy how this year is just flying by. It is flying by. I mean, it's already... I think we're going to say that every episode probably, but it just it is, it is flying by. Well, especially now, as you know, we've discussed with this... Our format this year has been for these big episodes every other week. Uh, even though we do tend to get them ahead of time, you know, recorded and finished and all that, by the time they come out, you're like, oh, wow, it's already, the month has already passed. And, you know, we're in that, uh, we're in that spring season now. And, you know, the, what they always say in spring, love is in the air. It's that season where we're, we're 
embracing the warm weather coming back and getting out about and uh for many people this is a chance to now that the pandemic's kind of uh settling down for some uh a chance to go out to try their luck at uh that little thing we call love and it's an interesting time when you think about how people kind of embrace spring uh when it comes to also how we see spring represented in cinema and on tv as well well and i think the best way that has been kind of the age-old thing since you know so many years is we think of romantic comedies or abbreviated because we don't have time to speak about everything rom-coms specifically and it's interesting how long rom-coms have been around um and the fact that they continue to exist although in different forms and they're telling different stories but it's definitely a steeple of cinema i don't think it's going to win anytime soon but both being uh you know very um very well-versed and modern men i like to call us modern men uh but we couldn't do this alone because the rom-com you know there's you know so we had to have a guest so today we're very excited because we have a special guest on there this podcast today chris that we do that we do i'm very excited to have this guest i've i've both uh had the pleasure of meeting her and uh knowing her over this past year she's amazing she's a social media influencer model actor and uh working now uh, she's the lead at the Artist Tree Dispensary and based in L.A., California, Los Angeles. This is Claire Thornhill. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Chris, so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I'm so glad the day is here. I know. We've, we've been pushing this back so many times because, again, as you know, Life, for those, yeah, for those know. listeners, yeah, for listeners everyone, can, everyone can understand and appreciate that, you know, yes. the schedules, especially we're on different time zones. So <laughs> it's been... Uh, it's been long running, but we're happy to have you here for this one. I feel like today is the perfect day. <laughs> it is. And, it and is our, perfect our day. listeners can't see you, but uh, you have this awesome, very pink, fun shirt. I don't know if those are hearts on there. So you are like. They're ready. actually little strawberries. Oh, even better. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Since you said spring, you know, I was thinking this is a very nice, fun spring shirt. Also gearing up. It's like super hot here, you guys. It's like almost 90 oh man california was doing like okay we didn't have like too bad and all of a sudden it's like in very typical california fashion oh you want like three days of 90 degree heat why not yeah and then I'm it's like, gonna oh, go no. wipe right back down to uh cooler temps after that oh, I, oh I, that sounds so horrible i'm here and happy to get 60 degree weather <laughs> I, know, I was almost gonna say when it comes to spring we kind of have spring summer all year round for True. realistically uh, we don't really know what spring is. What is what are the four seasons there, Taylor? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Happy Remind to invite you. Come visit. Um, <laughs> oh, gladly. Yes. But uh, no, exactly. Well, at least the weather's gearing up and starting to get a little warmer now. But uh, yeah, so kind of like this topic we could go on for forever, but we won't because um, this will be like a five-part series. But I think with romantic comedy, it's interesting to think that I think the, the name like rom-com romantic comedy has only really kind of become more part of the lexicon in the last maybe uh, 30 years. But it's been like, since like Chris and I were just saying, before we got on, Claire, we were, we were mm-hmm. kind of talking about this, that I feel like the first kind of romantic comedies really started at the time that Marilyn Monroe came on the scene. Oh, I agree. Before this, you think of all the actresses like um, Ingrid Bergman and and um, a lot of these great uh, ladies. Audrey cinema, Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. well, Audrey Hepburn, yeah. I, I think yeah. maybe I would be, I'd say Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, but before them, it was really kind of like they were the femme fatale or they were just kind of like 
the the romance it wasn't really it was just more they were part of like because it was more like action and like the crime movies and the westerns so there were it really wasn't all focused on the romance aspect that's so true unless it was like a musical i feel like the, the musical format or you know some kind of movie that would have music attached to it would have that general kind of will they won't they nature uh in some of the storytelling but it's true it, it it didn't feel like it was something that was heavily explored because i don't know if there was something that there was obviously always that uh kind of romantic element of the very over dramatic you know with some of these movies especially going from the the black and white era you know to the talkies where like sometimes it was the melodramatic nature that we liked to see on the screen but i don't know if a lot of people were interested in seeing romance displayed on the screen in the nature of will they won't they you know it's, it's something that we're so used to nowadays in so many formats both on film and tv yeah i feel like some of us are kind of like oh another rom-com great <laughs> yeah i mean it can be laughable at times i and I, I think that's something actually why we tend to keep going back to rom-coms why we enjoy them so much is love itself can be a very difficult thing to achieve achieve right uh for many they're still fighting to even get to be with someone that they want to depending on laws and how society is i know how that goes (laughs) sometimes we look to the screen to see ways to be represented and ways that oh well if they survive those ridiculous circumstances maybe i can too find someone in that same way. So I think that's why we keep going back to rom-coms. Especially, especially right now during the winding down of the pandemic, you know, people need some hope and some laughs. So that's the perfect movie. I mean, really, if you're especially on a date or, you know, celebrating that week, you know, it's really, I, I could, I would never say no to a rom-com. I mean, that's, (laughs) I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like it's always probably my first selection of a movie. I, I think there's something to be said about that. If you think of like, and I think we all three can agree that movies, TV shows, it is a bit of an escape. And I think rom-com, this kind of subgenre of comedy where it's that idea that true love does exist or that, you know, no, even if it's not true love, it's just love exists, that love exists and that no matter what happens, that all these unsurmountable odds, of course, in the movies are like kind of like larger than life. And sometimes it's like, that wouldn't happen. But yeah, there's a lot. And I think typically when we always thought of rom-coms, you know, it was always, you know, the guy chasing the gal. And now obviously because of so many years have passed, there's different, it's now we have, which is great because now we're getting, we have um, homosexual relationships, heterosexual, polyamorous relationships. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different things. And um so I think that's, I think, and for me, I, I think what's great is rom-coms have been around so long, but it's only been very recently that they're starting to kind of change, change the formula. Yes. Variety, not one specific format, like you're saying. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Cause it tends to be, I feel like it's, it can be very easy to do repeat formula for these type of movies. Um, it's just, what's the what's the circumstance or the location that we can change and the actress, you know, yeah, the me cute. Uh, and then there's a conflict and oh, the romance and there's a conflict, the breakup, and then they get back together, uh, you know, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it all happens in, you know, less than two hours. Uh, magic. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Magic. Know, that's right. I don't even want to talk about my horror stories of dating. <laughs> oh, 
write the books we could write the books we could write <laughs> didn't we just have uh you know t- we reviewed it on the podcast uh coming up it would have been christmas time 2020 right when the pandemic was going on yes we had that uh movie that came out on hulu with uh kristen stewart that was the first time i really can even think about this is 2020 so you gotta think really when we say recent stories of uh seeing a rom-com that was set you know of course on the holidays we had tons of holiday rom-coms and featured a homosexual relationship yeah it was called the happiest season the happiest season yes 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 and it totally was it fit within the whole genre of you know the funny circumstances you have the funny best friend like the parents don't know all that kind of stuff but it was the first time i can remember seeing a gay couple represented in that story of like the funny go lucky you know you happen to meet someone you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and i know that billy eichner is working on a movie i think it's due to come out this year that from especially from what i read is supposed to be the first gay relationship from a man's perspective as a rom-com as well oh wow. it's just kind of it's kind of interesting to think that we're still in now modern times 2022 and that still hasn't been something that we've actually seen we've had characters represented in different situations but not a full movie where they're the main characters yeah i would say it's about time i'm so excited for that it's very much about time yeah let me like kind of take it back you know thinking about for you guys do you remember the first if you can think back because probably not because there's so many do you remember the first, what was the first romantic comedy maybe you remember or you most identified with or you most appreciated? And if it's not even the first one you did, well, like maybe I one that so you- so many, there's yeah. so many. I know, right? Well, I guess a, a, a pair of actors that have done now three together and there's rumors that they will do a fourth uh, that I think really had a good blend of, you have the extreme comedy uh, that this gentleman brings, but there really was a a fun connection between the two of them, and they they've had three movies, uh, two of which, at least for me, have touched on some really subjects I haven't seen represented at least at that time by now. That would be Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, and I think The Wedding Singer has always kind of stuck with oh, me ever since I've yes. seen it the first time. Um, and I think something that's important with sometimes the rom com is we usually have the the happy go lucky pair that usually they're not meant to be together they go through some funny stuff there's always a dark moment in the movie where we feel all all hope is lost and then the in the final scene they come together and realize they're truly in love and they get married and happily ever after something that was really cool about the wedding singer was apart from it being a really funny movie and we've never had a movie kind of set around a wedding singer especially of the 80s is how desperately dark he goes to because his first marriage doesn't work out you know he's left at the altar his whole idea of like true love is he's like oh this is like i don't know what love is and so he's just broken he's a broken man and that idea of oh well he's gonna help out this friend who is getting married just because he's nice enough to do it and of course through that whole situation because he's put in all the position of well the the groom's not gonna do it glenn's a you know he's a douchebag so he's like i don't care about any of that stuff them falling in love it kind of gives them a second chance and i think if he never had met her he never would have had love that way and so i think there's something about that where sometimes in our darkest moments which you know everyone goes through when they have a, a bad breakup or you know a relationship that goes really off or you thought you were with the right person 
and they leave you for whatever circumstance and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes we have those dark moments. So I think something like watching these movies does kind of bring like, a, oh, there is hope even when you don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, I would have to say like 10 things I hate about you. It's gotta be, you know, obviously one of my favorites of all time. Um, but just that, you know, something about Mary, I think is a, is a fun one going back again um yeah it has all the same elements really it's really it's really fun to dissect that no it's funny you brought up your you know and that's that's another th great subtopic you brought up chris is there's always of the rom-com genre there's a lot of these actors and actresses that get paired up that it's like oh my god they're gonna be in the movie it's great and when you said that what i thought of first my favorite duo which i've only seen them in the two movies i'd like to see the other one but her wasn't that good but i'll still see it is of course Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. That was my like mm -hmm. go-to couple. First one I saw was You've Got Mail. That, I think that was, if I think back to, and I remember, and this is again, when, this is, you think about and then AOL, what it, what we have now, instant messaging is so funny. And, um, and we have all these dating apps and, you know, but that was like something about, you know, them two together. And then, it, and you yell at me, but it would be years later, probably last two years, I did watch finally, no, no, last four years. Um, I had watched Sleepless in Seattle finally. Of course, I love that movie, but it made oh. me so mad because they took the whole movie, they got together, five minutes, and then the movie ends. I'm like, I want to see more. So Yeah, give me more, man. I've never seen Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, it's Wait, good. It's what? A good one. Uh -oh. Yeah, it's uh, one of those on my list. I mean, I've seen you about mail plenty of times, but yeah, surprisingly, I have never seen Sleepless in Seattle. I grew up there, so that's why he was like, you're going to uh, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's obviously, that's why I didn't say that one first is because that's like, oh, that's what she's going to say. But that's such a classic, man. I love, I love that movie. Also, you know, Serendipity, really, really good. Well, I mean, you're bringing back one of the greats of all time, Lloyd Dobler, John Cusack. This is bringing back yes. to Say Anything. And I think rom-coms rom like in the 80s were something completely, like so, so different. Um, it just had, it had the best, like, so if we could break it down, you know, the fifties, the fifties and was a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more of a classy era. And then when the sixties came out, of course, we're getting like the graduate where it's kind of a rom-com and, and some of these other ones. And then the seventies, you know, you have the goodbye girl and some of these, it's getting like a little bit more serious ones. And then I think something about the eighties had this bit of the cheese ball effect. Like I, I love like any John Hughes film you got you got great rom-com like 16 candles uh is one of my favorite and i just I, yeah pretty in pink. And, yeah pretty in pink uh even breakfast club because there's some there's some rom-com all in there. of the above yes i'm um, gonna quote the great uh ted ted lasso one of our favorite shows and rom communism that's that's what this episode is gonna be yeah. called rom communism <laughs> that um, was great that was but, really great but yeah um it's like and then you it's so funny you brought something about mary think about this who's probably been one of so many rom-coms it's been a lot but ben stiller how oh, many rom-coms he's been in one of my favorites so zoolander about, zoolander something about mary you've got yeah. um i mean meet the know, parents you could meet the consider a rom-com yes yes, yes yes absolutely and that's where you kind of take the spin of it's it, it obviously it's a situational comedy which so many of these rom-coms are but it's more of actually him having to make the connection with the father that's the romance there it's like you know and and then if anything goes wrong the wife you know you know the fiance could be 
you might lose a fiance, but that it's, I think different it's perspective, different perspective. It becomes the yeah. bromance, the brom comedy, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, you could look at a movie like, uh, uh, what's the one with Paul Rudd and Jason I love you, Siegel. man. I love you, man. So good. Where again, it's, it's still based in the romantic romance comedy uh, genre because it's, you know, Oh, we're going to get married. Well, you don't have any friends, so you need to have, some kind of best man and so him having to like go out and essentially you know do like tinder for friends and yeah. uh find this man and, and this yeah this bromance and i think i think that's the biggest thing that has really evolved with rom-coms since like the 50s and the 60s is we're really it's finding the the situation that makes it a unique story because so many of them can be very repetitive yeah very very formulaic yeah and sometimes they can go they can be very I think we've seen, a, a, you know, even evolving into the romantic dramedy where we have still some comedy involved, but we get, you know, like, like for example, like the Silver Linings Playbook where it has some comedy moments, but these are two people that are very messed up, uh, you know, and, and how they kind of pair with each other. Um, I, I, one I'm thinking about just, it's in my front of my face right now, her with, yeah. uh, you know, with Joaquin Phoenix, where mm-hmm. a man has fallen in love with this AI robot. Well, I mean, the voice is Scarlett Johansson, so how can you not fall in love? So I, I give him some... <laughs> I can understand, you Of course. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, one of my favorite drama... Dramedies? Is that what we called it? Yeah. Um, do you remember Forces of Nature? Ooh, no. Sandra Bullock and Ben Affleck. Oh, wow. I don't think I ever remember this one. Oh my gosh, you guys, you have to watch it. It was so good. It was about to get married to someone else, but then he met Sandra Bullock and they hit it off and he decided to not go to his wedding and go find Sandra Bullock and risk it all for her. And, and it was really beautiful, really good, really good movie. Interesting. Yeah. It's not one I've heard of before. But you're bringing up a good topic, like you said, Chris and Claire, that it's not so much the actual, I think what, what Hollywood needs to continue to find is not so much who's, who, that, that people are, two people are going to fall in love, but how are they going to fall in love? And what's the co- comedic element? Context, yeah. yeah. What is the context? And I think that is the struggle, but I think there is still a lot that, like I said, we, there needs to be more representation. Now, one, we're talking about, Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart just came out in Hulu. Uh, one movie that I actually really enjoyed because, I mean, even though as we, we are growing older and we've been a long time since we're in high school, I still enjoy like the high school, um, you know, stories because it's not like I, I'll ever forget that. But one movie that I had seen um, not too long ago that I actually really thought it was very refreshing uh, was Love, Simon. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Actually, I didn't. I've never seen it. I've not seen it, but I've, I've heard a lot about it, yeah. It was just long overdue for a gay teen romance and Yay. Uh, where it wasn't played for laughs. And this one was really, was really great because um, there it's, it's through these happenstance and these mis- misinterpretations and everything. But it was like, it was really great. Cause you just felt kind of the weight of everything on it. And I thought that was like, it was very beautiful. Plus I think, I think one thing we can appreciate is, what makes a rom-com just as good, if not the situation or the, the leads, it's got to be the soundtrack. And I had really great, I'm a big fan of the Bleachers, and there's some really great romantic comedy soundtracks out there. On that, I wanted to go a little bit darker and go, Ooh, cruel, go and, 
cruel intentions cruel intentions oh wow you're bringing it way back oh my god i lived for that movie in high school (laughs) Uh, as well as the soundtrack definitely one of my still one of my favorites of all time yeah i i recently saw that on tv that obviously it's edited but i remember watching that a while back i was like oh my god this i I can't believe i'd seen this when i was a kid because this movie is messed up yeah oh but i don't know why i just thought you know, it's again, I don't think I can say too many films that are like that. Uh, it was different, especially for that time. And, but yet still beautiful, I feel. Talking about messed up movies that, again, we're, we're going to so many. This is, this is why I love this podcast. There's too so many. Everywhere. You got to, right? yeah, um, it's bouncing around. One movie yeah. I was just, I don't know why, I was on a YouTube binge. You know, when you just like looking up random things, ooh, this is related. Ooh, this is related. One movie that I'm sad to say I haven't seen it, but I know enough of it just because it came out at a time I was too young to watch it. Here's one that's a mess up. Fatal Attraction. So good. I love Fatal Attraction. <laughs> well, and I'm watching this and uh, this all these scenes from it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And there's so many films that have happened because of that. But this was kind of the precursor um, to or I think pretty much put that kind of genre on the map where it was like almost deranged rom-com or rom-com dramedy you know it's it's a whole weird well it's more thriller but it's still that like how it starts is very like oh this is great but you know he's having a fair you know spoiler alert it's been out for a while folks um yeah yes. i was just like man that film is just messed up and it's just and then like, on the flip side on the flip side did you see unfaithful which is like the opposite version i loved that movie and the soundtrack as well which is goes to show you that there is also the, you know, as much as we go to rom-coms to watch love happen to people go against, you know, odds that they're never going to beat and somehow they do. There's also the deep side of how jealousy, uh, affairs, uh, attraction can, love can make you do crazy things. And that's something that also is definitely represented because as much as we do love seeing stories of happy couples, uh, there's been plenty of news stories of, you know, crazy widow finds, you know, discovered to have killed her husband or, you know, the, all, you know, especially for money, for uh, jealousy, for, you know, what say you there, there's a whole area there too, which gets into uh yeah, the darker, it's like, it's like, it's like the Lion King. We're looking at all the, here's all the rom-coms. What about that dark over there? Uh, be careful. You're not old enough. <laughs> yeah. Don't go over there. Yes. Well, and now that we're kind of just wading through the different genres of rom-com, here's something that I think we're talking about. I think that we need to see, we're seeing more representation of same-sex relationships and, and whatnot. But one, I think it's, it you don't think it's taboo, but it's kind of taboo, is showing older and middle-aged relationships. And where a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you have to look a certain way to be a romantic lead. And whatnot. And this can we can go on kind of, and I'd love to hear like kind of your your take. But I kind of think about some of the films and some of the actresses. So two actresses I think right now have kind of proven their chops in those kind of films. Meryl Streep, of course, amazing. She should be knighted, Dame. Um, and then we've got Diane Keaton. Uh, one of my one of my favorites of Diane Keaton. I don't know if you guys saw. Do you ever see something's got uh, 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 something's got to give? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Great, great film. Um, With it's Jack just, Nicholson. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. He's like, something's got to give, you know? Yes. Um, and I just, something yeah, about, yeah. I just remember like seeing that film and it was just like, oh, we're going to see like, I think 
you know, because it's again, marketed to like, Oh, do we want to see older people get it on? So to speak. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's like, it's just beautiful to get see it that. And, get it all. Uh, and I just, I love that. And then Meryl Streep, one of my favorites of her is my mom and I quote that all the time. Uh, it's complicated with her and Alec Baldwin. Yeah, and Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and I, I just love yes. it because you got her, you've got um, John Krasinski, you also got um, Steve Steve Martin, uh, and who's great because there's one part where they're they're smoking weed and she's like, she's all high in the car and she's like, do you poke smog? I mean, do you smoke pot? <laughs> so my mom always always says that to, quotes that to me, but it was just oh, and she's always like, so oh my god, big guy, why do you call me big guy? Is that a term of endearment? Is it because I'm fat? I don't know. So it's <laughs> like, but I thought that's an interesting genre that you know, there's been quite a few that like Meryl Streep's been in and whatnot that it's interesting to see, um, those kind of films that I feel like were more taboo, like Hollywood's like, oh. We don't want to see older people relationships. We want to see young, hip people. So I think it's kind of interesting to kind of like the romantic lead image has changed a lot over the years from, you know, our um, Audrey Hepburns and our Marilyn Monroe's to, you know, our Meryl Streep's of today. And so it's kind of interesting to see how the image of the romantic lead has changed over the years. Agreed. And I'm, and I'm all for it changing up and giving everyone an equal shot. Hey, if they're a good actor or actress, bring it on, bring it on. You know, it's kind of, I was talking about this when I was just watching the Grammys with Justin, I'm sick of seeing people up there that are singing and they're only up there cause they're drop dead gorgeous. It's like, let's give everyone a chance here. Let's make it fair. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously a bonus if someone's on a movie and they're beautiful, but you know, give everyone a shot you know disabilities uh different races different sexes everything just mix it up for crying out loud i love it i love it i say bring it on well it's a shame that you're right that brings up an interesting topic about like you know what you know these award shows and what they deem and and you just yeah it's no it's true and i think that we we keep we the, the last i think the last two years three years have been huge about bringing to light, you know, we need to represent people better and more positive lights. And uh, um, the one thing about the word shows really you know, brought up was, was good is I, I love that, you know, we, I don't know if you got a chance, Chris and I reviewed this a bit ago. Um, the film Coda that came out uh, just this past year was just beautiful. I want to see it just because of uh, watching the Oscars and seeing, I mean, I cried. I've never even seen it. And I was bawling when he was receiving, when they got all the awards. I'm like, yeah, I have to see this now. Oh, please do. If, and if you don't have Apple TV plus I'll share your mind. Um, but, uh, it is, yeah, it was just, that was another thing that, and that movie, that actually movie could be considered rom-com. There's a little bit of like romantic comedy, but it's again, a little more dramedy, but, um, yeah, I think that's something that also diverse. Yeah. As times change. Yeah. yeah, We need to see more diversity. We need to, it's a very slow churn to get that out Mm -hmm. there. It's it's, it's Mm -hmm. sad to say that we're this far and it hasn't been, as representative you're right exactly exactly breaking the molds of of the past you know it's it's like i feel like also with the pandemic people are just a little bit more courageous to be themselves and to just put it out there right now which um is a really beautiful thing well and in having these rom-coms where they're represented or sorry when they're represented in cinema it just makes it all the more palpable makes it more like okay i see myself in the screen yes relatable relatable yeah they were seeing more of a, a, a evolution of that 
I think a big problem of the romantic comedy genre as a whole is uh, is the idolization of uh, what we call demon demon uh, hot people. Uh, you know the the stars of cinema that are attractive. I mean, like I think even like in the last ten years, we've seen more of a boom of actually hiring. Uh, comedians as the stars for like you know like amy schumer or you know a lot of our snl crew that have gone on to you know like bridesmaids yeah yeah and things like that where we're actually having comedians kind of represented uh rebel wilson you know has really been one that really knows how to do these rom-coms really well where she plays these huge big characters and she's just so fun to watch but even taking like Melissa McCarthy as well. Melissa McCarthy, Kristen yeah. Kristen like Wiig. Kristen Wiig. We're seeing more of a uh, a chance to be like, all right, let's branch out from the typical. But I do think, yeah, we are seeing stories where it's like, okay, we're we're seeing stories done with not just the young people. Now, of course, you know, just recently we we watched uh, "Marry Me." We reviewed that on this on this podcast. How was that, you guys? I mean, it was fine for what it was, you know. I mean, it was pretty typical, like what you would expect. Right, but, uh, yeah. right, right. It was your ABC. This is a your typical rom com. But wow, even J Lo at age fifty, I still think counts in the sexy squad. So it's like it doesn't really count, you know. Maybe if it had been like Owen yeah, Wilson, shoot, that does not count. With like, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Know, That's you know. a whole other thing. Like, wow, you're fifty years old. Wow, <laughs> if it was like great. you know, not that not that I don't think she's attractive. She's a nice lady, but. You imagine if like Judy Dench now was doing like a rom-com. You had like the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Those like that first movie and the second movie. And that was like Judy Dench and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, who's you know, great in Pretty Women, uh, Richard Gere. Oh, and like, yeah. that's all kind of set of like romances that happen in this thing, but they're all older couples. You know, I think that's uh, Maggie Smith's in that. And um, of course our, uh, our beloved, uh, what's his name from Pirates of the Caribbean? We love so much. Johnny Depp. Not Johnny Depp. Um, oh, <laughs> right there, Bill Nye. Yeah, um, but like that. I'm alone, shout like, out a bunch of names for you. <laughs> yeah, That's just my shout first. names. Johnny Depp. What? It's true. We we don't really see a lot of movies where it's like. Usually, it's a romantic comedy where there's an older character and they're the kooky, weird one that spouts out the funny things, or they have the weirdest advice, or they're just there to be uh the parentals they're never really the focus of the story and we are seeing i think a big boom of you know there's a lot of people out there that either one never find love in their you know younger years or they have that love either has passed or divorced or whatever and they find someone new in their older life and i think a lot of people think oh just because you're divorced doesn't mean your life's over you know go out there and you know or, or even for those who have lost their partner there's still, you know, a lot of life to live. I think we're seeing more stories like that being told as well of kind of finding a new thing of life and why to put yourself back out there. Well, two things I, I just throw out there. I mean, on my personal life, uh, my grandmother, um, she had married young and then she eventually divorced my paternal grandfather and then enter in my step-grandfather. This is interesting. Uh, Gary. Um, I don't know why Margo is my grandmother's name. I don't know why I mentioned her. Anyway, you're out there, guys, by the way. Shout out. Um, and then he had married before, and then his wife had passed, uh, unfortunately. And then they met as friends, and then now they're married. They've been married now over 23 years. So it's kind of crazy to think. I, I, I looked at them as uh, influence. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, you always have a second chance 
at that. And I think you're right. That's a great trope that it does happen. It just, it's all about the circumstances. I, I, I always love the, that, that idea. Cause then it's like, then you see, Oh, this is in my real life, but then it's portrayed on screen. So it's like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, it it's, again, we kind of look to these movies for the humor, but we look for hope, uh, especially for those who uh, are still feeling like they're, struggling to find that in their life or maybe they have it but they don't know how to fully define it or again there's a lot of people out there who still can't really properly come out and enjoy the love they have because of the backwards nature we have of some states and areas in this uh, in the world this summer love is in the air man you've been so down lately really got to find you a girl. Uh, I don't know. Dating is so hard. So hard. Why bother? It's all worth it when you find the right one. Look, I know a guy who can maybe help. He's like a dating coach. I don't know. This guy gonna be weird? Trust me. He helped me find Julia. Uh, okay. Sure. But not every love is that simple. I haven't dated anyone since Peter. I don't think I'm ready. Listen, honey, Peter was a great guy, but he's been gone for five years now. It's time to get back out there. It's been so long. My last dating advice came from hieroglyphics. I could see you dating a pharaoh. Seriously, Dan, I need help. I think I know a guy. Sometimes all two people need is the right push. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Come on, come on now, take a seat. Our summer course starts today, and I know by the end of it, you will have the confidence to look love in the face and say, I deserve you. Yes. You never told me he was so handsome. He could have my tea and crumpets any day. Dude, you didn't tell me he was going to be all good looking and uh, cockney. Yes, he's British, and look, he knows what he's doing. Just go with the flow. We will pair up in groups of two for today. I want you to get to know one another. Be open. Be free. Be. Just be. Uh, How about to start uh, you and you? Um, okay. No thanks. I'll just uh, watch from the back. Uh, Come on up, my friend. I can feel your energy. I'm feeling something else. Get ready for the ultimate summer fling. Hello, my name is Sandra. Hi, I'm, I'm Adam. Hi, Adam. So, this is interesting, huh? I wasn't expecting Downton Abbey over there, so it'd be all that energy and neurons and whatever. Who do you do? Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, something else. Sandra Bullock, Adam Sandler, Dan Levy, Hugh Grant, Ben Stiller, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Lopez, and Justin Timberlake. I really admire your work so far. Perhaps sometime I could open you up during a private course. Really get in deep to your emotions. Oh, you can show me your private course anytime. Ten things I love about how to lose single life after 500 days of summer flirting. Coming this summer. Well, I mean, for you, Claire... 
coming from a polyamorous relationship, which I still haven't really seen a lot of representation no. on the screen. Where do you think stories that could represent that would go or like how that will play into the rom-com genre? Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, we it's been frustrating because every time there's something that potentially talks about going there, it always turns bad or ugly or murder or divorce or just, you know, horrible things like that. And it's like, well, where's our positive representation? And, you know, and unfortunately, we don't really have that much uh, at this time. Uh, we have some books, uh, not we, but there are some books. <laughs> That's like uh, we actually wrote three novels. Uh. Yes, we've been busy, guys. Yeah, there's books on it. And, um, you know, it is creeping in in the media and it is being talked about a lot more. And so I'm really excited to finally see something hopefully here soon being uh, filmed to where we can have positivity and alternative types of lifestyles. Cause you know, like you said, uh, now we're having, you know, being able to have gay movies and lesbian movies and um, that's uh, right there in that same category. So we'll just add that in there to the mix. It can be really good guys. I swear. <laughs> I feel like yeah, we're also seeing like, uh, we're starting to see more representation too of like, non-binary or like you know yes. people that don't fit the shoehorn of one box where it's like yeah you like know, asexual people you know they're yeah, out there's, there there's and, so much out there now that that uh -huh. we didn't have or maybe we had in the world but no one knew how to really bring it up or talk about it because it was taboo or it, people didn't understand it now that we have so much more of that out in the world i do feel like hollywood is taking note we're seeing especially a lot of like younger shows uh you know like for example one i just uh i started getting into uh, recently because season two would come out uh euphoria is like yes! a whole big show representing uh, especially young teens um and you know having characters on there that are non-binary and having you know we're having more representation of there there's no you're just one thing and so i think rom-coms are going to you know you can easily still have the idea of what a comedic movie that represents romance has but yes yeah, seeing more of like all types all colors all creeds and all styles of love i think is gonna be the big thing too and I, for some reason one that i want to bring up because i think uh this is the idea of people would say from a past point of view it will never sell is typically the nature of why some of these things not represented enough is because people go it would never sell well then i point to crazy rich asians Crazy Rich Asians coming from a representation of a full Asian cast telling this really grand, fun story that I think mean, people ate that movie up. I think that is the best example, honestly. And it made a ton of money. 100%. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. I was thinking about that. I didn't think I was going to like it. And I loved it. It was so fun. So good. And it actually takes a little bit of movies we've seen in the past with a little bit of that exact nature of like, I love that he he doesn't play up that he's this rich dude. He he just wants her because he likes her and he loves her. But the idea of, oh, you have to go meet the mom. You have to meet the parents. It's meet the parents set in a different, you know, but it works in such a great way. And that's just from a standpoint of, again, more of a, a racial uh, background. But I'm like, yeah, but that movie was amazing. It worked. And I think we're going to see more of that where 
Hollywood's taking note that, yeah, you could still dish out the same, you know, same old, same old, but people are kind of chomping at the bit too. Especially with so much content today, you gotta have to change it up or people are like, we're gonna Bored. be zombies droned out at the same Bored. Same old, yes. same old, you know? Well, and it's so funny you say that because yeah, there's not been a lot of representation of, you know, Asian relationships and like with that and then um, Netflix, I did, I think they did Always Be My Maybe um, and uh but then oh i didn't also, catch that one yeah i i'd heard about it but hadn't, hadn't seen it yet um but then you also got uh then they don't have uh they're Ali starting Wong. to show more representation yeah. of mm-hmm. interracial relationships you know oh. they kind of mm-hmm. that's not you yeah. know so yeah there's there's a lot more genres but uh, no i appreciate you bringing that up claire um about your relationship because for me i've got to i've got to meet all three of you so for me i think it was great because i got to stay with at the pleasure of staying with you guys during my trip to see Chris uh, a while back in LA. So I got to see firsthand um, a lot of stereotypes that people probably think, Oh, this is going to be like this. I was like, no, it was just like, just people in love hanging out. It's not like, you know, <laughs> people are thinking, Oh, this is like a lot of fun. You know? Uh, no, it's it, not that kind of relationship. Yeah. It's like not that weird when, and when you see us all together, it's like, Oh, this so makes sense for you. Hey, it's not for everyone, but it works for us. And we just want people to know, it's an option. It's out there. You know, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's make it more of our, uh, dialogue this, this day and age, you know, it's not, it's not like we're doing anything wrong. You know, we can't actually get married. We want to have a ceremony and all that, but we're just in love and happy and living our best, happiest lives. So I can DJ for the ceremony if you'd like me to. So, Done. Uh, I'm going to be ordained. Done. So I can't do that, but I can DJ and MC. What? what? Um, but wiggly, wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Coming DJ. Soon. Yeah. Coming soon. Um, well, <laughs> in, and I think it's been great because you three have been very vocal and, and on you, we have actually a social, which we'll, we'll talk about later, but I, it's been actually blown up in a great way. There's been like, I know, didn't you uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about it. You had like uh, some interviews and stuff about it, right? Yeah. Um, I created a, a Instagram page called Thruples because it's my last name combined with my partner's last name, which is Ruppel. Thornhill plus Ruppel is Thruple. So I uh, created our Instagram page. It's the Thruples and we've had MTV reach out, Dr. Phil reach out, Ooh. We've had just networks, magazines. We've we've been featured in in a magazine in the UK. We've been in the New York Post. We've been just all these articles across the world. It's uh it's really cool because we're actually one of the first thruples, if you will, to publicly come out in in Hollywood or in in the spotlight. And and there's a lot more coming up. I can't really speak on the details right now. But let's just say, I think things are going to be going really well for us. And, and you'll be able to see it uh, on your TV soon. Ooh, Ooh I'm seeing a docuseries. Uh, That's we're going to have, right have all three here first on folks. our podcast first in the future, yeah. probably again. So. That's yeah, awesome. so then we're going to review the show. Yeah. We've been working really hard, having all these pitch meetings. And, and um, I think we have something really special coming soon. So I'll be sure to keep you guys posted as soon as, as soon as we can speak more on that. <laughs> if your guys' story goes big and then they make a rom-com movie about your life, 
<gasps> who would you want to play you in a movie? That's a good oh, question. I love you. Yeah. I love you for that question. Like who right who would now. play the who would play the three of you? I'm gonna if they have could. to say for me, it's gonna have to be Jessica Chastain right now. Perfect. Yeah. Well, um, for those Academy Award the, winner, yeah. duh. Yeah. Obsessed with her. She just oh, got she's, be- so she's gotten better with age, like a fine wine. Obsessed. For Katie, it's just in my head right now. It's Cameron Diaz. Perfect. All right. Um, and then for Justin, John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god John Stamos. how good would that be though which is See, funny for, fun fact uh, we have we have photographic evidence of yes. them actually meet in person so that would be really great <laughs> oh man i was like justin you gotta talk to john you gotta talk to him we got we got something in the works man <laughs> what what a, what a combo though cameron diaz john stamos jessica chastain to think they'd be on the same screen together. Wow. Right? It could work. It could work. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question, Chris. I really love that. I was like, oh. Well, you got to imagine. I mean, nowadays, too, we, we I think it, it's great to hear that, you know, without we can't uh, give any uh, final details here. But I think we're seeing such a big boom to it with, with so many streaming networks that we have. Apart from all these, you know, movies are going direct to theaters, which I know is the big trend to go back to the theater because of the pandemic. But because we have so many streaming services, people really do enjoy seeing, apart from your fictional movies and stuff, people love seeing these, you know, documentaries or these, uh, you know, series that are based off actual real people. And, you know, that's become such a big thing that people really do like the the true stories. And so different perspectives. I, I can never say that I've ever seen once a, oh, follow this story of these three people that are, you know, in a relationship. And I think that's something that people would be like, oh, I've never even, you know, I thought that was maybe possible, but never actually have met anyone and getting to like live through that. And then, of course, if social media and all that takes off, then, you know, somewhere in Hollywood, someone's thinking, I got to write a rom-com based on that. So, yeah, I mean, hey, the, the future is <laughs> limitless, but uh, it's it exciting really to hear is. that there's some uh, good positive things going that way. What's great is about polyamory is it's not just for couples of three. It can be couples of four or five, six. It could be uh, a married couple with a girlfriend, a married couple with a girlfriend and a boyfriend. It's all different types. Again, like you're saying um, in film, uh, it's, it's the same thing. And, and it's really not that different than a normal uh, relationship. And so, and so I re- I appreciate you guys bringing that up because, you know, at first I was really not excited to talk about it because I didn't know how it was all going to be received but we've actually been super blessed to have really great friends and family and supporters and people encouraging us right now yeah, no. we love that we yeah. love hearing no that. and we're, we're we're all inclusive in this podcast. including taylor one of oh. our biggest well i had to i had to say two, thank you for saying that two things i want to bring up before i forget my mind's like firing all kinds of neurons number one for for talking about um your relationship i think what's great about it is because I can only speak for myself, but what was so beautiful is because I talked to all three of you and particularly Justin kind of, ex- I was like, I just want to know, like, how does this work? Cause like I said, this is just not, not something I think about. And I, you know, he just explained it beautifully. And I think this kind of transcends to any kind of romantic relationship was he said that we all have, we all three together are mighty, but then we have our own thing with each other. And then we, you know, but, you know, separately, we're still great, but then together. So I thought that was really beautiful. But as you're saying, Chris, you know, and then my second point, going to streaming, I think because 
it's been more difficult to get people in the theater when maybe this subject matter of romantic relationships, all shapes and sizes. I think that's the great thing about streaming is we're able to put more of this content out there of other relationships. One movie I got to see, and if I really appreciate it, talking about gay relationships, Single All the Way. Uh, my girlfriend and I had got me on to. Yeah. We got to watch. Oh, you need to watch. Uh, we, need, we need to watch your holiday rom coms. It's not a yes. good impression of her. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lindsay was like, oh, we need to see this in a single all the way. And that was actually one of the most beautiful uh, homosexual relationship like rom coms I, I had seen. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. But I really just love that because you watch this film and it doesn't, you know, as me, as I consider myself a heterosexual male, I don't, I just see it as just a film. And, you know, Chris and I just watched, uh, we recommend this, we just re- uh, just reviewed this not so long ago, uh, Our Flag Means Death, the HBO Max pirate series. Uh, oh. Not to give any spoilers away, well, by the time this out, you can watch it. Uh, there is yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, homosexual relationship on there, and it's played in a very beautiful way. Okay. Uh, you get age of piracy, it's all men on the ship, you know? Uh-huh. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like, it's not taboo in the show. It's just kind of like, this is a thing, you know? Right. Uh, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so... Yeah, I just think that's the great thing about streaming yes, because it's still to a wide audience, but it's in your screen. You can enjoy it for those who want to be open out there or if you are maybe, you know, like you said, that are not, there's a relationship, polyamorous or homosexual relationship or whatever. There's so many, you know, if I don't mention them all, I apologize. There's so many to say. And monogamous. I just want to say monogamy is awesome too. Whatever works for you. And you're looking at, you're looking at two guys here in monogamous. So we're seeing all both ends of the awesome. spectrum. Yeah. But yes. having that at your home, I think just makes mm-hmm. you feel comfortable and be like, wow, I'm seeing myself. It doesn't need to be a big screen. It's just mm-hmm. right there in front mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the different options. Yeah. The future we have. It's not just. Here, here's your TV with 13 channels. This is all you get, you know? Holy hell, we've come a long way. And, and you know, freedom of speech and, and all that jazz, you know, we're in a very exciting time. We're seeing also a huge boom of people who are of different uh, races, creeds, sexualities, whatever you want to say, behind the camera writing the stories so i think that's also a big thing is those who are actually living it in their normal lives are then writing the stories we're seeing represented on film and tv so ideally we're going to see a continued change the next 10 years of the genre of the rom-com but we still of course will get the typical rom-coms because we get them every year um i mean we've already had two or three this year alone but um i think we're going to see changes where we're seeing more stories told for all types of relationships and i think a lot of people are going to enjoy it because there's going to be ways to tell the story while still having the flair of the will they won't they the, the comedy element the weird situations are the insurmountable into, odds you know because it, oh, somehow it it always works uh, uh for most of these movies so uh i'm excited to see what they do i'm excited Me to see as because well. i do feel yeah just as this pandemic has been a thing uh, I think the rom-com genre is just one of those genres where if you're feeling a little blue, if you feel like you need it, they're usually not long and they're silly and dumb and it just makes you feel good in the end for most of them. There are some that are a little sad, but most of them are pretty good. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Claire, uh, although we could go on for ages, because again, <laughs> there is so many movies. I know, and right? <laughs> I really think if you look at the rom-com genre, this, I think there's more rom-com genre movies than some other ones. Uh, but uh, before we let you go, 
we do have to do our guest questions. We're keeping the hot seat a little longer. Uh, these questions will be 10 questions rapid fire. You have not been prepared before. It's all about you. Uh, there's no right or wrong answers, whatever you come, come to your head first. So I'll, I'll, and I'll kick us off uh, again, because, you know, we, <laughs> uh, it may be fitting for the genre we're at, but uh, number one, what is your favorite movie or film? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just going to have to be Cruel Intentions. You're the first on the podcast to pick Cruel Intentions. We love yes. that. Yes. Um, what is the favorite TV series of yours? Favorite TV series is going to be, I'm going to go with a new one, Yellow Jacket. Oh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Yellow Jacket. Number three, what is your favorite video game or video game series? Oh, you know what? I'm going to take it back and say GoldenEye. Oh, oh heck yeah. One of the yeah. first person shooters, the, the best. That's right. <laughs> right. I used to play off my brothers, you know, obviously a long time ago. Speaking of soundtracks, one of the best game soundtracks. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is a favorite style of music or your favorite artist? Okay, uh, I'm a rock girl, so my favorite band of all time is Incubus. Um, That's my fiance's yes. favorite band too. Oh well, she sounds awesome. She is. <laughs> she must be, obviously. Yeah, yeah just uh, teen teenager. He was one of my favorite people of all time. I've seen him like 15 times. Uh, just obsessed in love. Now, Claire, I know you've, you know, originally Seattle based, but kind of traveled all over. What is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Oh my God. I love this question. Uh, favorite place. I would have to say it's, it's Mexico, um, Cabo. I was there for my 27th birthday and it's just, it's just another world. And, you know, Justin and Katie haven't been, so I'm like, let's go. They've never been to Mexico. It's just, it's super special. I have a Frida a Frida tattoo. No one can see this right now, but I'm obsessed with, you know, Mexican culture. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a really special place. Um, what is something that has inspired you to be where you are today? Oh, my dad. Yeah. My dad was my best friend. Um, uh, he's passed away for almost 13 years now, but, uh, I actually grew up going to church every Sunday with him. And I feel like that like really gave me a good head on my shoulders and uh a base to get through this crazy world right now <laughs> love that thanks on that note number seven what is the best advice you've ever received oh yeah um always be yourself it's you know obviously very very generic but uh i feel like i growing up i was always trying to be someone else or someone i thought they would like me to be you know but honestly it's that's too hard man just be yourself and those people that love you for yourself are your people. Another another uh, great lesson usually uh, brought up in many rom-coms is yeah, uh, very fitting. be yourself, be yourself. Um, <laughs> yes, well, this yes, is yes. a uh, this is considered a nerdy podcast. We do a lot of stuff <laughs> on movies, TV, and video games. What is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? One being you don't know anything about anything. 10, you know everything about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, et cetera. Two? A two? Oh my oh. gosh, that is the lowest scale we've ever seen. Low. Harry Potter. I'm sorry. Did you, you read the books, first, folks? I've never read the books. Okay, that's okay. All right. I'm out that's okay. I don't know that's... what happened. Like I wasn't like told about them when I was young. I don't know how it skipped me, but yeah. Um... At least you're more than a one. Yes. Let's take it. So you you I'm know a solid two. <laughs> there we go. Sorry guys. <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's the honest truth. Uh, number nine, what is your or what is a guilty pleasure of yours? 
oh yeah 90 day fiance (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad but it's so dirty good my fiance and you would get along great uh let's hang out (laughs) he's been having me watch some of the 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 before the 90 days oh we just Um, yep yep we just finished it justin is aware Justin knows all the details too. I know it's outrageous and ridiculous and crazy. It's a hot train wreck and you can't but stop watching so it. So fun I need, to watch. I need to I need to come back and join forces so he doesn't feel alone. <laughs> yeah. Just tell yeah. him to FaceTime me when you're watching it and just like that's will be his face. Oh my god, let's do it. Well, my final question for you, uh, and maybe you'll have a little bit uh uh from Justin, a little power from him, but uh we love to do impressions on this podcast. We do many for our skits and our ad breaks, but uh Give us your best impression or an impression of whatever. I do the Borat. Uh, everything is very nicey. Okay, now see, hold on. I'm messing it up. Hold on. <laughs> the Borat Italian. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like combining things now. <laughs> yeah, Borat is one of my, one of, Taylor, help me out. What are I some like things? you. Very nice to be here. I like a podcast. Yes. Yes, I like. Very nice. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. We found it. We got it at the end. Happy got that. it out there, kind of. <laughs> Justin's definitely the impressionist in the in this household. <laughs> well, thank you, Claire, for being on the podcast today. Thank really you so appreciate much for having it. me. Now, you already brought up about uh, one way, but again, let us know all the ways that people can follow you on social media. Hey, thank you. Um, I am a big Instagram person, so my Instagram is just at Claire Thornhill LA, which is C-L-A-I-R-E-T-H-O-R-N-H-I-L-L-L-A. And then also the Thrupples, which is T-H-R-U-P-P-L-E-S. You can even follow my dog at L-A Bun Pup, L-A-B-U-N-P-U-P. <laughs> the trend nowadays. Every aspect of my life. Have- yeah. These dogs have more followers than I do. Well, Chris, you should, so. should, should, should do an uh, Instagram for your cats because he's cat dad. I should. I, I'm a cat dad Ooh. now, and I, I have these three lovely cats. I should actually because I post. That could be a good oh. TikTok. Pretty much, much a... I mostly post the podcast. Cat dad. Yes. That's going to be our next TikTok. The potential podcast. Oh, killing it. Killing it. Killing that game. Well, thank you, Claire, for coming on today. Thank you, guys. And again, I know. It was we worth the wait. It was worth the I know. Wait. We had to we had to work it out to get this time. But yeah, we, but you we did it. it. We are worth the wait. And thank you so much for diving a little bit in your uh, in your love life and your story. Because thank I you. hope yeah, that we love those that. listeners. You know, if you enjoy this podcast, you talk about it. Send an email. Send to our socials and follow Claire and, and talk to them because I know a lot of people have reached out to you guys about your relationship. We love questions yeah. and we love trying to help people, and it's kind of confusing. And and you know, we love sharing our story. And thanks again for letting me speak on that as well it's 100%. been it's been really amazing and magical i feel very very happy happier than ever <laughs> oh that makes us happy thanks what a good day what a good day. gold star for all three of us yay well thank you claire once again and for all those listening again yes go check out uh, our stuff on the potential podcast and email us let us know what you thought about today and until next time i'm chris and i'm taylor And we'll see you guys next time. And that was Claire. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, 
thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.